You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? I mean, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it. Faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the Doctor. I'm a traveller in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this. Hey there, listeners, and happy holidays. That's right, folks. We are back, and we I got a good one for you this time. We have a great one. I know I say that every episode. We had a great one when we talked about the faceless ones last time. But we, this we don't one. We say that every episode. Yeah, we really no. don't, especially not recently. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, hey, faceless ones was fun. <laughs> but then, no, you faceless know. One ones went, we're talking about last season. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Our, 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 we have a streak of one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> touche. Touche. Because, yeah, I forgot we talked about the first doctor before that. So, yeah. Okay. So we got another, hopefully, good one for you guys, but I'm really looking forward to talking about this one. We are going back to the 11th Doctor era, folks, and we're talking about the end of his first season, and we are talking about the Pandorica opens and the Big Bang. This is going to be a lot. You know, we, I'm, I was actually shocked when we were looking through the list and we had not talked about this one on the show before. And this so much happened. And, you know, it's going to be, you know, sit in, folks. We're going to be talking for quite some time. And not, that's not even counting the news. We have a big show for you guys tonight. And we're really glad to be here. We actually, of course, let's say hi to our regulars. Miss Mary Ogles here. Everybody, it is fantastic to be here, especially to talk about these fantastic episodes. And we have Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. And sitting in with us, returning once again to the show, it is a true honor to have this young lady with us. Let's welcome back Shirley Whitlock Hot to the show. Hey. Hi, and these are two of my favorite episodes, and I wonder why. <laughs> Gee, you like this, this, these episodes so much, you decided to name your restaurant after one of these. That is exactly correct, Mike. Absolutely. So while we're talking about it, do you want to promote your restaurant and tell everyone about the lovely place of Beacon, New York? Okay. Well, yes, we're located in lovely Beacon, New York, right in the Hudson Valley in Dutchess County, right on the Hudson River. It's beautiful. The restaurant is called the Pandorica Restaurant. It's at 165 Main Street in Beacon. 
Um, we are totally Doctor Who themed. It's a little bit of an homage to Matt Smith because of the time period that it came out. Um, when I was building the decor, um, it, Matt Smith was uh, his era. So, and of course, we're the Pandorica. So we have a lot of Matt Smith items in there. A lot of the food is named after um, characters and there's a lot of puns and it's just a fun place to be and you should all come up and visit whenever you can. Whenever we could travel again, we would love to do it. It would actually be a lot of fun once we could travel to actually record a show at the restaurant. Oh my gosh, that would be so awesome. Yeah, I think I think we should make that, you know. Yeah, exactly. We'll just hop into TARDIS, you know, we'll stop through in Florida, pick up Mary, and then we'll all go up to New York. Wibbly wobbly, Tommy Wommy. We could be there yesterday. It we could, could be, be awesome. there for the grand opening. <laughs> be there before the, uh, before the shutdown. Exactly. So exactly. We, we could be there before the Pandorica opens. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. Wow. Okay. Hey, at least said he, he said. Hey. Oh, of course. <laughs> it, it is awesome. So, how can people find the restaurant? Or do you have an online presence? They. I have a website, which is the PandoricaRestaurant.com. I'm also on Facebook as the Pandorica Restaurant. I'm on Twitter and Instagram also as the Pandorica Restaurant. And we um, we are. Our calendar of events and things that we do is first on Facebook because it's the easiest place to post something. And then all the other social media platforms follow afterwards, including the web page. And uh, we have an event coming up on, hey, guess what day? New Year's Day. We have a dinner and a screening of the new episode, the holiday episode. So we're taking reservations. We're very limited on space. But we'd love to see whoever wants to come up. Oh, that would be wonderful. Folks, this place is amazing. When I found this restaurant, I was like, <gasps> I was like, almost like shocked when we found it. My niece was with me and she was just a bit as big of a Doctor Who fan. She says, Uncle Mike, this tell me this is a Doctor Who restaurant. And I said, yes, it is. She says, we're going in. And Shirley was wonderful to show us around everywhere. It was, it was just great. And we just had a blast. And, you know, folks, this, you cannot miss this place from the blue TARDIS door in, going into the restaurant. And their bathroom is even the, is Doctor Who themed. It is awesome. Everything. That's everything. If you know Doctor Who, you see it all. If you don't know Doctor Who, it's just a lovely, funky place in Beacon, just mm -hmm. like one of the other funky places. And we get a few of that. But, you know, as Matt Smith said in, uh, in the Pandorica Opens, the Pandorica, it's not, it's just a fairy tale. <laughs> ah, yes, it is. And we'll get all into that. But we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us at feedback at earthstationwho.com. You know, what did you think of these episodes? Did you guys like it? Did, did you, you know, did you were ambivalent to it? Did you like the changes they made to some of the things to the Doctor Who lore? Or they added a lot to it also. So it just, it was really interesting to see um, 
for me, you know, we'll get into it. I don't want to start going, you know, I almost just was about to dive into that rabbit hole, but we've got other things to talk about first, but definitely please, you know, check us out. Also folks, if you listen to the show, please tell all your friends about us. We, you know, we get listeners, but we would love more, you know, tell your friends, if you have a doctor who fan in your life, please tell them about us. Talk, you know, tell them about myself, Mary, and Mike talking about Doctor Who every other week. And we have so much still to come before we get to a you know, trial of a Time Lord. So we just have a lot to get into. And, you know, we are up on, you know, Apple Podcasts. We're up on Stitcher. We're at Spotify. Wherever you could find find podcasts, even Earth Station Who is there. We're even up on Amazon Music and Alexa. So you can go, hey, Alexa, play the Earth Station Who podcast on Amazon Music. Thank you. So we've actually, you know, last time that worked on Kirby's machine, which was awesome. <laughs> so it, it it was great. And that shows what Kirby should be wearing headphones while we're doing this. So, you know, it was cool. But we had a great time um, doing this kind of stuff. And, you know, Please tell people about us. We also have a great social media presence. We're up on Twitter. We're up on Instagram as ESO Network. But we also have a great Facebook group. We have an amazing Facebook group for Earth Station Who. So definitely check it out. And if you feel like it, you know, we do have a Patreon. And, you know, Earth Station, excuse me, the ESO Network has a great Patreon where we talk about, you know, the show 48 Hours. Earth Station One, 48 hours, and the Dragon Con report, 48 hours before it goes live out to the general public. So we got a lot of stuff, you know, going for us up on Patreon. We also have special episodes and stories. We've put panels that we've been to at different cons up on Patreon exclusively. We also have exclusive podcasts by the ESO Board Silly Crew. We also have exclusive material by our, from our other shows on the network. And then if, depending what level you're at, you could even get some ESO swag, you know, stickers, or posters, or even, you know, sit in as a co-host on any one of the ESO network shows. All for as little as 25 cents well, a week. Folks. A confirmed Not release shabby. Day, So for 25 cents it. a week, you could help support the ESO network. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO network. can always change. Check us out. Couldn't hurt. It's a giving day. That's right. Everyone, thanks for giving. Now give to ESO. We would really appreciate it. So with that being said, let us jump into Doctor Who news. I think we got a trailer for the new holiday special. What was your guys' first impressions of seeing this? A new trailer and a release date. Exactly. Well, we knew it. Everyone knew it was coming. Yeah. 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 But 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 it's not until it's official. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, They had a little teaser beforehand well it's almost a month before the showing now if because what's a as of this recording it's december 1st so they're it's being shown on january 1st so you know it's literally Mm -hmm. a month away and they gave us a couple extra days when they showed it yeah i was really impressed with it to me you know you got a lot of jack and you know that was also before they right. even review, showed the trailer a couple of days before that they revealed right. that you know it was confirmed that Barrowman's back as as Jack Harkness. So, well, I think that was the point. Jack is back. That's why they were seeing mm-hmm. him again. <laughs> so it's pretty awesome. 
Oh, Chris no- Chris Noth's character. Mm, I could have lived without seeing him. No, it was like uh, he was okay in the spider. He was in the spider episode, and he was basically playing a Donald Trump type. And did we really need to see that again, especially with the political climate we have here? Yes. Yeah, that's probably why. I I I actually like the character. I like the actor. So I'm you know I'm okay with him. I I doubt he'll be in it a lot. It doesn't seem like you know. I don't know. I don't, obviously with the Daleks, he's not the big bad. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> He'll get exterminated. Yeah. I'm, ho- I'm hoping. I mean, because... they, knew, they knew this was going to come out on New Year's Day. And by that time, America would know who was going to be president. Um, that was wishful thinking on their part. Well, I mean, but... Th- the point being is that it, it's surprising that they went political without knowing what the decision was, unless they had yeah, two versions like done. And we'll never know that. Or well, had some day. inside information. Not just kidding. Oh, yeah. no, don't, <laughs> no, 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 no. But, you know, I could see, I could see his character be the reason the Daleks were created because it, obviously it looks like at least the shell of them were created by the humans as like a protection force or something kind of like what they did with oh. Churchill in world war II. That. That yeah, that makes it interesting. Looks like the main person behind it though, is that woman who's at the podium and introduces them. She looks very sinister. So I I'm more interested in what her story is and how she fits into things. Now keep in mind, this is written by Chibnall. So all hopes have to be like dialed back a bit. <laughs> All expectations, as good as the trailer may look, just dial it back a bit. <laughs> I believe that she's standing in front of 10 Downing Street, so she yes. may be the prime minister. Yeah, it's true. True. Uh... Yeah, it'd be very interesting because, you know, we saw what happened on Doctor Who the last time they had a female prime minister. Yeah. So. Well, it- Maybe she is related, maybe to Chris Knopf, maybe husband, wife, that kind of thing. Maybe. That's not a bad way possible. I'd be very interesting to see where they go with it. It it looks action-packed. It looks like there's a lot that happens. Alex coming back? Yeah. I liked what they did. I like (laughs) I I am because I liked what they did with the Daleks two Christmas episodes ago. Um, oh, that's true. They they did go, do a good job. With you know, that. and they actually made the Daleks scary again. You know, the the Daleks look menacing. It looks like it's a similar plot to the um, the Cybermen story, right? Where they're introducing this thing where um, uh, you know for use in the public, and that's going to backfire because it's really a plot against you know humans by a Doctor Who villain. So it's it's very similar in that respect. What it looks like on the on the outset, anyway. Um, but, uh, um, you know, the big questions are, you know, does the doctor, because all those shots of the doctor are in the prison. So um, so we don't know how much of the doctor we're going to get as far as, uh, you know, you imagine she's going to arrive just in time to save the day. Because, look, these three companions for two seasons have not convinced us that they are capable of defeating anybody, let alone like a Dalek invasion. And maybe oh. with Jack's help, they can. 
No, need, none of them look like they could chew bubble gum and tie their shoelaces at the same time. <laughs> so stop a Dalek invasion? Yeah. No. I don't know. I mean, yeah, yes, was starting to become a little more. Well, sure. And, you, you know, you know far be it for me to say a bad word against Graham. So, uh, you know, like, <laughs> I'm not, that's, that's there. So, um, uh, but look, I, you know, I don't know. I, I just sort of had the, and we get the feeling, you know, from uh, the shots of the doctor, especially that last shot, that she's been there a while. I don't know if she's counting days, she's got, years, yeah, months, well, there's like a whatever. bazillion marks on the right, wall. Right. <laughs> and her, and I think as someone pointed out, maybe before we started recording, um, I think, uh, you know, her hair's darker. Like she's been there a while and she looks, she's got a, she's got a serious face on. She looks kind of haggard. Yeah. A little yeah. worn. Yeah. Not, right. not a doctor that we've seen yet. Uh, like this. I mean, not in her run. No, anyway. most definitely not. No, it, it it was interesting. So I'm wondering, is this supposed to be Shada that she's at? Something like or it. Or is it know. just I a mean, space person? Seems... Yeah, I don't know if it's specifically yeah. that. It would be cool like if it. it was that. I mean, if it was, you know, I could think of certain showrunners that would make sure it was, but... <laughs> I don't know if uh, you know they're going to refer to that or not so now be very curious to see what they do with it uh, it it looks great you know some people even online have been saying is this a Dr. Light story it's not going to be a Dr. I, I Light doubt story it, yeah. I don't think the season's going to have a Dr. Light story I think that's why they are removing two companions good point so that no, exactly. And we did get official word that, you know, Tossin and Bradley are both leaving the show at the wait, end wait. of this episode. We've we known for some time. Graham. <laughs> yes, you can have to your... mourn to mourn Graham. Graham. Yes. You know, I some people are already saying that Graham's gonna come back, you know, every once in a while to poke his head in. One of my items on my menu is a um it's a turkey bacon brie sandwich and I call it the Graham. Nice. He always carries a Sounds delicious. I know, sounds I know delicious. what I'm ordering when sounds I come delicious. to the, the, your restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> we give me, all want give me an extra size, extra large gram. <laughs> With some, what, yaz fries on the side? Uh, <laughs> Toast and fries? <laughs> well, it's, well, they, it's interesting because there are only, isn't it only eight episodes? Oh, right. Yeah, um, they did shorten it. Yes. So they, we're only getting eight episodes. I, 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 I'm wondering how that's going to change the dynamic. Hopefully. I mean, it's, they skim, it's especially good they skim if they the take out a few companions with that few episodes. <laughs> they need to tighten it up. <laughs> they basically had to cut all of Graham's lines out. So basically that's why we lost three episodes. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, you know, so yeah, we're going to be, it's you're going to find a farewell from two companions and we don't know if Jack is going to be traveling with the doctor at all this next season, or if he's, if uh, Barrowman's just in one and done, we don't, we don't know what's going on with that. They're ha- they've been very tight lipped about that. And it's just interesting because they kept on saying throughout the trailer, Oh, don't worry. I'm Jack. I'm immortal. You know, and, you know, something's going to have to be about that. Maybe he gets his head cut off and becomes the face of Boa or something. <laughs> that's, in this that's, one. God, let's hope not. Yeah. So, 
you know, I don't don't know what's going on with that. So I'm excited for it. It looks good. But, you know, I've been fooled by Chibnall before. So. <laughs> Chibnall! I also uh, really like you know. uh, how it seems like their base. I don't know if it's Jack's place or or if they've just set up some sort of temporary headquarters uh, on Earth. But the companions and Jack, when they're meeting and talking about the threat in the trailer anyway, they're in this room that looks like an old TARDIS. I mean, it looks like it's got the round th- They have the, the TARDIS. They have a TARDIS. Yeah, they've got the TARDIS That's from true. Gallifrey so I wonder, that so they got yeah, at the end of the, the season. Thing, right? Yeah, 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 because they got the the other TARDIS uh, when they, you know, they because she sent yes. them to Earth, right? And right. then she was going to follow them in in the in her TARDIS, and then the, and she was on her way when the Jadoon busted in at the very end. Yeah, but I didn't think they were actually competent so. enough to like open it again and use it. No. <laughs> No, I thought it was. Oh, a I noticed they've got like little like um, uh, post-it notes everywhere, sticky notes, <laughs> sticky notes and post-it <laughs> notes. It's like, um, you know, you probably don't need those in a TARDIS, but okay, whatever. Okay. Look, as, as much as I'm there, as much as I'm making fun of it and, and seeming skeptical and everything, I am excited. I like the title, uh, "Revolution of the Daleks." Sounds like a cool Dalek story. It's not written by Terry Nation, so that's good. Um, and uh, look, it's going to be good to see these people again. I, you know, as much as I get, I get frustrated because I, the, the potential of the show. And I, and I like this, uh, this woman playing the doctor. I like the p- people, the actors playing the companions. I'm, I'm happy with the, you know, the Daleks look threatening. They look like a cool new threat. Um, you know, I just hope it, it plays out as good as the trailer it looks. Pans out. Yeah, because, yeah. It's all in the because writing. This is it, the writing this, has been very uneven. This is all we're getting for a while. <laughs> right. Who knows how long. This might be the only, you know, new Doctor Who we're going to possibly get in 2021. We might not get anything till next year's holiday yeah. special. If we get, if we, if even, we even get, get one of those. Yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah. I am. Yeah. So, so we don't know. So I'm. I'm skeptical, but, you know, I'm not going to be sad to see, you know, Tosin gone. I'm not going to be, well, I will be sad to see Bradley gone, but, you know, I, I'm looking for, like I said, I, I am, I'm going into it with an open mind, fingers crossed and, you know, bring it on. They have had a couple set pictures from the next season. And I don't know if we don't really talk about spoilers, on the show or things like that, but we're getting a, it seems like we're getting a lot of old villains back for the next season, which is kind of interesting. Well, that was a criticism, so. you know, that, that he wasn't bringing back some of the old villains. So, I mean, I don't know. I still, Chris Jimmel's just got to step up his game. Yeah. You know, he really does. I wonder how many episodes he's writing for the next season though i will say to be fair in his the last dalek episode he wrote was good you know that that holiday special was what he wrote that and it was quite good so yep Mm -hmm. so we will have to wait and see uh the other news we did get in an interview over the weekend uh jody 
literally just came out and said, I'm not planning on going anywhere. I'm sticking with, I'm loving playing Doctor Who and being the doctor. And she wants to stay. You know, we've talked about multiple times, if Chibnall goes, is she going to go type thing? Uh, from that interview, it sounds like even if Chibnall leaves, that she wants to stay on for a bit. I'd love to see her with a different and showrunner I'll... and see what they could oh, do with so her because I. I think she's she has not been utilized in the way that she should have been. And she's great. Jody's been great the whole time, no matter what she's given. I, no matter how bad the dialogue is or the plots are. Agree. No, agree completely. And, you know, let her stay. You know, she didn't say anything about trying to break Tom's record or anything, but I think she's kind of hinting that she's not going to be a three and done yeah. doctor. I mean, but keep in so, mind too, I mean, what is she going nice. to say? I mean, you know, right, it's right before the holiday special. It's not like she's yeah, going to be course. like, man, I'm so tired of doing this. I am just out of here. She's like, she's like, man, I cannot wait till this thing is over. This contract is done. Like, she's not, she's not going to say that. Um, So I, I I have it with a grain of salt. Plus, as we, you know, kind of mentioned before, it's it might not be up to her. So whether she stays or not, that's true. That's a good point. That's a very good. Well, they haven't worn her out yet because there's been no comic cons, there's been no public appearances. So she has at least an extra year of energy in her that she didn't waste this year. That's <laughs> true. That's true. That's actually a good point. That's a very you know? good point. That's, that's actually a really good point. And it's been less episodes. Right. So mm-hmm. No, most definitely. Exactly. That's very, very true. I'm, I'll be curious to see, and I'm looking forward to seeing what she does and, you know, until Marvel, you know, MCU calls and say, hey, we wanted you to play blah, 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 you know, you know, because I could see a couple of Marvel characters that she could play very easily. And one or two of them are even British. I think she'd be really awesome. So it'd be interesting to see what they do. And, you know, you know, if she sticks with Doctor Who after that. So it'd be, I'm curious. Let's just say that, you know, because think about it. Um, you've had, you know, David Tennant has worked with MCU now. And you also have, you know, Peter Capaldi is going to be with the DCU in Suicide Squad. So, Matt, we're waiting for you to see where you show up. <laughs> I showed up in the Terminator franchise. Well, yeah. yeah. He did. He also showed up as the, uh, the Prince of England. So. The crown, so yep, so pretty awesome to see. So yeah, I I think the future is bright. I just want to see more Doctor Who. <laughs> so that's you know, yeah, I think that's I'm just most excited to see new Doctor Who, no matter yes. what. True, very very well, true. Great. So it should Matt be Matt Smith also played uh, Charles Manson. Oh, that's that's right. That's he right. Did. Yes, he did. I forgot about that. Yeah, he was great as Manson too. He yeah. played. He's played not a very of playing, uh, so. of portraying controversial characters. No, I think he seeks them yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Exactly. Especially the Doctor. He, you know, that's <laughs> as controversial as you get. So, I think that's going to wrap it up for news. But let's take a quick break, and we will be back in a moment, and we'll jump in with the Pandorica opens. 
Tonight's show is a little different. Tonight's show is about a man who's not really a man. He's a doctor, but he's not really a doctor. Like Dr. Phil, but awesome. Most people in the United States of America have not heard of him. He's just like me in that regard. Who is he? He's the doctor. We are the Air Station One podcast, and we approve this message. Hey, I'm Judy, and I've been a listener of Earth Station One for over 10 years. Yeah, every day while Mike edited together over 550 episodes, you know all that geek-themed blah, blah, blah. I've listened so much that now I hear howdy in my sleep. You, too, can enjoy all the Earth Station One fun wherever fine podcasts are found. Okay, Mike, I did this for you. Are we going to get another dog now? The Earth Station One podcast. Over 10 years for geeks by geeks. There were quacks. Through some we saw silence and the end of all things. It's the back in my wall. Two parts of space and time that should never have touched. Pressed together. All through the universe, rips in the continuum. How can it be here? How can it be following me? I don't know yet, but I'm working it out. Some sort of space-time cataclysm, an explosion maybe. Big enough to put cracks in the universe. But what? The universe is cracked. The Pandorica will open. Silence will fall. Pandorica. <laughs> That's a fairy tale. If it is real, it's here and it's opening. What is it? A box, a cage, a prison. That was a goblin or a trickster or a warrior soaked in the blood of a billion galaxies the most feared being in all the cosmos it's a pandorica more than just a fairy tale it's opening your world has visitors Daleks, Doctor. And cyber ships. Sontaran, Slovene, Chelonian, Nestine, Dravin. But what's in there? What could justify all this? What are you? What could you possibly be? Welcome back to Earth Station Who. It is now time to talk all about the Pandorica Opens and the Big Bang. We are going back to June 19th, 2010. Gosh, 10 years. It just feels like yesterday that we had seen all these. It doesn't feel like it's been 10 years. No. And it it also explains that's why, you know, Matt Smith looks so young and so does Karen and even Arthur, you know, all three of them. And this was a great wrap up to the series. And I just, I loved seeing it again. I haven't probably seen it four or five years. So it it was a nice treat to be able to revisit this, visiting old friends. And I just love the way they opened it because the montage with basically, you know, starting with Van Gogh, you know, with the painting and everything and, you know, diving mm-hmm. into it. And this, this whole series of these two episodes is so great river song. It is just, uh, and the, from the very beginning, just even the way they bring her in and storm cage. Mm-hmm, exactly. It's, it's just. It's like, I'm allowed to get phone calls on the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it goes without saying that uh, I'm a big River and Alex Kingston fan. Um, but um, man, if I didn't, if I'd never seen her before, 
this two-parter would have made me fall in love with her. She's she's amazing in this. Definitely. She's perfect. And you know, from the from the thing how she gets the vortex manipulator. And you know, yes. yes, we got this off of a wrist, off of the a young time agent. Of course, everyone thought that it was Jack, <laughs> you know, but I'm sure there's mm-hmm. other time agents out there, folks. And still, was, he could have regenerated his hand. If <laughs> yeah, he of course before. he could. Yes, he's immortal. Who knows what all he? Hell, oh, he could grow another body from the wrist. <laughs> knowing jack <laughs> so he'd be there'd be two of them. i mean that's such a great line i said off the wrist. the <laughs> and that it was it was great it, and just the humor and the storyline just you know you know if we're going to go check out the world's oldest message and the tardis is going to translate it finally you know the tardis could translate anything they get there Hello, sweetie. <laughs> it was just like that was that was just awesome. It was a lot there was just so much good in the storyline and everything. And it was just so well written. You know, in the in the Big Bang, I think this was really the first time I really saw, you know, Doctor Who play with time travel like this. And, you know, they've talked about doing things like that. Oh, I must have been here in the past or in the future or something. And, but this was the first time you actually saw the doctor, you know, out of order. Going back and yeah. forth. And everything. You, using time as a way to, to move the drama along. It's all Stephen. I mean, I, yeah, that is a, that is the genius of Stephen Moffat. I mean, he was, no matter what you think of him, he was just so good at playing with the aspects of time mm-hmm. making it an intricate intricate part of the story and, and making it all connect exactly it's just like because of course that's what the doc that's what the doctor would do i mean why why wouldn't he use time heck, if bill and ted could do it the way. doctor should be doing it you know <laughs> what so, i enjoyed yeah. a two-parter ahead, is quickly it moved there, there was very little space in between action and, and, and drama. It just kept continually moving forward. It was just really two hours. It just went by so quickly. Yeah, that first episode builds and builds and builds and builds and builds until the, until this, until the, the end, which is the ultimate cliffhanger, right? The destruction of time and space as we know it. I mean, you don't get a bigger cliffhanger than that. <laughs> it's got to be one of the best Doctor Who cliffhangers when the doors are closing on the Doctor. Oh, exactly, and, and the TARDIS is exploding, and and Rory just killed Amy, literally. Yes, and Rory just killed the river's Amy. River stuck in the TARDIS. I mean, that's you basically up. have this. Right, you have like three cliffhangers. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just not one; it's three of them, and it it was just like. It was. I was just like I. I couldn't watch it right the second part right away because I was just so blown away. It was just like, oh my god, I forgot all that happened. Oh wow, you know, <laughs> and and just to see you know all the Doctor Who villains and you know and it had the classic speech, the Stonehenge speech, which has yeah you know, become. It's one of his best speeches. I, I um, I love it for its own. But I also love it because it really harkens back to 
the speech he gives uh time of angels flesh and stone where he says if there's one thing you don't put in a trap it's the doctor. you know it's me uh, i'm paraphrasing here but but yeah. which is so mm-hmm. like i mean how cool like and yet here he is walking that they're trying to put him in this trap like it's just it's brilliant the way that uh it kind of plays off each other and and steven plays with that like this whole storyline plays with you know I mean, what the doctor does by going back in time and and setting up these events, they actually did production wise because they filmed all when they were filming all the episodes of the season, they had to film episode the parts of episode of, of scenes that are going to be in this finale. So they're doing mm-hmm. the, they're setting it all up too the same way like that the doctor's going back through time. It's just very skillful and probably we've uh, we, we've talked about I think we 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 just did that episode about you know how to jump into Doctor Who and what's a good starting off point. And I think we all said that Eleventh um, Hour is one of the best, if not the best, um, p- places to start. It's one of the best introduction stories that there is. Season premieres, right? I will challenge you to think uh, to come up with a better finale than this one. Like oh, yeah. the, this is this it may be the best series finale or a season finale they call it series finale but the best like series finale of of any of doctor who's before or since i agree no i agree completely there i can't think of one that you know even came close you know when they introduced the war doctor at the very end you know with you know at introducing john hurt as the war doctor or as the doctor, mm-hmm. it was just like, <gasps> but this was one of the most satisfying two-parters and endings because a lot of us were like, I was right. That wasn't the same doctor in that angel story. You know? <laughs> right. And, you know, it was. He was wearing the jacket. Exactly. He wasn't wearing the jacket. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God, there was so much controversy and going back and forth because we had you know we were doing these reviews live back when we were reviewing doctor who on earth station one and that the doctor wearing the jacket or not wearing the jacket we talked for 20 minutes going back and forth (laughs) on that during that episode and it it was just so good and you know it explained you know so much about Amy and, you know, that, you know, why was she in that house all by herself in that huge house, you know, type thing. And it explains her parents were taken by the crack. That's why she didn't remember what happened to her mom and dad. And, you know, the same way Rory did, you know, they probably, you know, their daughter had a crack in the, in her, in the room, you know, being a dad, you'd want to go fix it zap he's gone you know honey where's your father father what father i don't know where he went you know and What's same way augustus boom. augustus yeah. pond i love that augustus pond <laughs> yes augustus just i kept thinking augustus yeah augustus, augustus pond my little my little daddy <laughs> oh and, and he was adorable both of the parents were and you also got to meet the aunt for the first time in the story too Yes, Aunt Sharon. Yes. When, the, so, when it's in and little Amelia is looking 
outside for the stars. She's drawn stars. And her aunt insists that there's no such thing as stars. Where are they getting the word from? Or is it like a unicorn? Is it a fantasy? Yeah, I think that's the plan. Because she mentions that she doesn't want her to join one of those star cults. <laughs> so so there's there's like some some like little tinge of memory that's been left there that are sort of in the back of everybody's minds. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like they know there's something missing, but they can't, they can't quite put their finger on it. Exactly. And it was just, it was interesting. And I loved, you know, Oh, we don't want her to become a cultist, you know, by saying that there's knowing that there's stars out there. She doesn't want him to become one of those freaks like Richard Herndall or whatever. Richard, Rock, Dawkins. Richard Dawkins that's it and it was it was awesome it was just so well done all the conversations and the whole thing and then you started seeing the doctor appearing you know everywhere and the fez you got the fez for the first time we have the we have the introduction <laughs> of the fez Exactly. And the destruction of the fence. And the reintroduction of the fence. <laughs> I I have one question for you. What the hell is that on your head? I just love that. What in the name of insanity is that in your head? I wear fezes now. I wear a fez now. Fezes are cool. And I loved it. And they took care of it. It was just like, awesome. So, so and Mike, you had... Sorry, Mike, you had mentioned, I just want to get back to it, because you had mentioned uh, a few minutes ago um, that, uh, you know, um, uh, Amy, Amelia, was not chosen by the doctor randomly, right? So here's where, here's where like, Moffat haters are probably, like, get ready to, to charge, right? Because it's like, <laughs> it's like, this is the beginning of the companion being important, not just random. I don't. I think every time before this, the 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 companions were randomly just encountered. Right. This is the first time. Right. This is the first time where, like, the doctor's like, "No, there's something up with you. You need to come with me." Um, mm -hmm. And 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 I think here it 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 really pays off. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think it it works here. It, it definitely works. But Donna, I think, was the first one to have been chosen uh, by the doctor without him realizing it, the impact that she had in the Hooniverse. Mm -hmm. With the, the whole thing uh, and uh, the fact that she saved planets. And he always said there was something about you. Mm -hmm. That could be true. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's no, that's no, no totally. But I mean, this is, this is the first time he consciously recruit somebody yes who, yes who is like you know because she's special because there's something about her and it's something that he would do you know for the next couple of companions and it would it would bite steven in the ass yeah i think so see the thing was i i think he crash landed there randomly but he you know knew something was afoot as soon as he met you know young amelia that well, there was yeah. a well, I don't think he crash landed randomly. I think the TARDIS <laughs> directed mm, him good there. Point. Mm, good point. We've we've gone through that. Yes, <laughs> the TARDIS is the smartest one in the room. What you want, but gives you what you need. Well, exactly. 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, it, it was really interesting. And the first time I watched it, I missed the whole thing that, you know, the nesting conscious took, you know, her memories and, you know, was, you know, was the alien that went to the house and got and planned everything from the books and, you know, everything that she had. I missed that the first when I watched it years ago, but this time it was like, that so makes sense now. And so this is, this is a Doctor <laughs> Who fanboy right in this season. This is the first time I think, because I mean, as good as uh, Russell T Davies was, he didn't really pull the fanboy card out very often during his run. But right away, Stephen like starts like, you know, referencing classic who uh, big time. And it's just the way he weaves it in. It's I think it's perfect. It's brilliant. This is oh, I think this yeah, is Stephen well, like it, it, at top of his game. Like he is he was hitting it all on cylinders. Th- this, on this first one. season of his is mm-hmm. just outstanding. And I put this above, you know, the first season of not let alone like the middle or whatever season of any showrunner. This is like. This is almost a perfect season. The next, you know, the thing is, you know, him, his writing was so well done, but the acting also was so well done. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, Arthur came into his own in this two-parter completely. Before this, Rory was a little annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Rory, you know, Rory, it wasn't that upsetting that he got killed off again, you know. (laughs) You know, that, you know, that it was, you know, that he was become quickly becoming the Kenny of, you know, the storyline. But, you know, it, but this, in this story, he became, he knocked, he became to his own as not first off as the Roman soldier, then as the centurion watching over the Pandorica for 2000 years. He was the one who waited. And because it was always, Amy was the companion that waited. And then Rory was the one who waited 2,000 years for Amy. And I'll tell you, when the Pandorica opened at the beginning of that episode and Amy was sitting in the Pandorica instead of the doctor, how many of you were like, (gasps) what? (laughs) (laughs) What if she's confusing or something? (laughs) It's like, I, it's like, Back then, it was like, did I miss something? Yeah, wait, it's like, but it, I, I thought it was awesome. And then Matt, bless Matt for these stories. He, for someone so young, being able to handle such a huge, huge role for this. You know, we all joked about it when they were going to hire a 26-year-old to play the doctor. And he ends and, up acting older than half the guys that have played the doctor. Like oh, there's God, an yes. age in it. Like when he's talking to, to, to Amy, you know, he's not talking there as a peer, you know, it's more of an older statement, uh, a statesman, a, a father figure, if you will. Um, like he, he's or a mentor. Exactly. Yeah. He's got this, you know, um, that, that scene where he's saying goodbye to her is is like a it's like a grandfather saying goodbye to it uh, you know mm-hmm. a child like it's it, it he really and i'm like i'm watching him and i'm like i know you're like practically a, like a, like old enough just barely old enough to drink and yet like like in this country and <laughs> and, and, and 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 here you are you're acting older than 
than Hartnell, really. Like it's oh, like he's <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's amazing what what depth he brought Absolutely. to that. No, he he completely part. did. You know, the scene where in the first episode when Amy had brought out the ring to show whose ring, you know, what is this ring? Who whose is it? You know, type thing, and how he had to talk to talk her down from it, and you know, try to explain it because. At the time, we thought Rory was gone. You know, we didn't know better at that time. And then, you know, the whole then the whole scene with the Cyberman, which was scary as hell. The Cyberman with it, it split the head open, and the skull is inside <laughs> yes. it. And you know, th- we've never seen that before on the show. And that was so well done. You know, basically the head was you know lunging at Amy. It was just like whoa which was really awesome but then yeah then when you re- you realized it was rory was back and you know the doctor was like rushing in there to check on amy and says come along rory let's go and then he, to, he the, basically rory was trying to get a word in edgewise and then the doctor said wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> That was so well played. I mean, Matt did that so perfectly. Well, exactly. The way he played it. Arthur. Arthur played that oh. very well also. Yeah. Oh, they, yeah. They really play well yes. off each other. Yes, their interaction. Well, from that point on till they both till Amy and Rory left, Arthur was awesome on the series. He Yeah, I mean, Rory was written in a way because of it, the events that he goes through in this, he's written in a way where he's a lot more confident. Um, and he's not that wishy-washy character that you kind of wish would go away. Like he's, he really brings something to the table and the three of them have a rapport that, I mean, throughout their, their next few, what season and a half uh, that they're on, yeah. uh, they're, it's, uh, they're just great. I mean, it's, it, there's no question here, like, oh, there's too many people in the TARDIS. It's, it's a perfect trio. Yeah. Yeah, if you contrast this with the Jodie Whittaker series and the way the companions interact with her there, I mean, it's night and day. They just never had the same connection that that these three have, or or four if you include River. You know, it's you know, I think this whole this whole double parter is it's about growing up. And, you know, it starts out the whole season is a fairy tale, but, you know, what, you know, you start out reading fairy tales, but eventually you have to grow up and step away from the fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, that was really part of Moffitt's plan to do that. And and he did it, so he did it masterfully. Oh, very much so. I mean, there's only a couple duds this season. Most of it is a really, it's just a really solid, entertaining season. Mm. Yeah, and it seems so, you know, I mean, we were kind of chuckling, you know, talking about the whole, like, season, like, threat being the crack, right? Like, the cracks, like, the crack, the universe is cracking. They're like, oh, we're How afraid of a crack. How do you make a crack scary? Of... Exactly. <laughs> but, but I mean, it. we see it in Time of Angels and Flesh and Stone. We see how um, how devastating and how dangerous the crack can be. Um, and here it just, I mean, it's, it's the end of everything. Um, the, uh, yeah, the absolute end of everything. And Mm -hmm. it does look to your point, Mike, it does look like they were, he was trying to set up something behind it because even at the end, uh, you know, the doctor says, we don't know why, you know, what caused the crack or, you know, what the voice was or anything like that. 
uh, the whole like you know um, silence uh, thing, um, silence will fall. It was you know we didn't know how that was going to play out. I don't know if that real. I don't think that played out the way he expected. Um, no, not at all. Because they touched on it real briefly in Matt's final story with the in the in the with this episode where he regenerated that it was an offshoot of the the church that became the silence and they're the ones who took over the tar and it was just done in a passing line i think moffat had this whole thing planned but i think he got thrown off when matt said he wanted to leave the show yeah i i i imagine in his head that and knowing steven the way just the way he works I would imagine if he was going to, to end Matt's run on his terms, he would have brought it home a lot of elements that were in this season. He would have brought mm-hmm. a lot of, cause that's the way he works. He brings stuff back. That's from the beginning. And, uh, and he just didn't get a chance to do that. And, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, his, his, his outstanding start as a showrunner, man, it, it collapses towards the end, which is, which is too bad. No, agreed completely. And at least at the end of Matt's run. No, it towards the end of Capaldi's, you know, it we've we've talked about that till we were blue in the face. So let's not even go into that. This it it was interesting to see. And, you know, you did, you know, for someone to try to control the TARDIS like it was done. And, you know, I loved you know, the doctor, they're such a married couple, him and River, you know, it's just, it's just like, you know, you're not flying it right. You're the one who taught me how to fly this. You know, it was just like, that's such a husband and wife thing to do. And it was just, it was just so out there. And, you know, like we said, Alex was there and, you know, at the time you had no idea who River was. So, you know, she played it, you know, the way River knew, Moffat knew. I think they were the only two that actually knew that Rory and Amy were her parents and everything. Yeah, I kept trying to put myself back in that that sense of mind where, where before you know anything, and it um, it makes the episode even more enjoyable. Oh, in a yeah, way because you have. You just have you don't really have any idea of who River really oh, is R- to the doctor. River with the say point. with the you know interchangeable heads, you know. Oh, I've been with an <laughs> <laughs> I've been with a Nestine before. Oh, it's so much fun. When they go out in the garden together and he talks to her and, and Matt asks her, Are you married, River? And yes. she and they go through that whole little <laughs> right. um wonderfully comic and yet serious and dramatic because at the end of it i believe she says well you'll find out soon and i'm sorry Mm -hmm. you know and she then things will change exactly that was a highlight of the show of that particular episode was that scene between the two of them was brilliant no it was just awesome I don't know that it plays out that because I think when we reviewed because recently I think early this year we reviewed uh, Time of Angels and Flesh and Stone and we were remarking how it does seem like Alex Kingston playing River knows that Amy is her daughter 
But here, yeah. I didn't get that sense as much. And now, correct me if I'm wrong. I was going to say, correct me if I'm earlier. wrong, but this is an earlier river than that one, right? Yes. Correct. <laughs> what yes. a mess, right? <laughs> you just have to, like, mm. yeah. We're, but yeah, because, <laughs> because, yeah, she said something at the end of that one that alluded to this, because she had, she had been there. Uh, that river was after this for sure, because that li- that river knew about the Pandorica, right? Right. Yeah, she mentions that that they'll so see her somehow again. somewhere <laughs> between right. this encounter with the Doctor and Amy, and then the the one with uh, you know Time of Angels, like River finds out that Amy's her mom, right? Um. Well, River she knows. knows. She Amy's knows. But she doesn't River knows like from the very beginning. Not as much, but because there's the episode when you know they think the doctor dies, and you know what River knows that you know that you know he's still alive after the astronaut thing, and because Amy still thinks and. River was like, you know how hard it was for me not to tell you, you know, who I was during these things. So she mentions this what, and everything. Do you remember what she was wearing in the garden when she said it? She was wearing camo, mm-hmm. from, like from the... Oh, right, from the Byzantium. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, so it it was very interesting to see you know where she's at at different points and so yeah and you have to try to remember she's going one direction and you know and then you have to then throw the whole you know the husbands of river song into this also because that actually takes place before for river after the angel story and that's right before the library but you know for us it's seasons down well, so it's like and, well yeah i mean <laughs> she's not, they're not going in opposite directions they're both zigzagging all over the place it's not like one's going constantly yeah, in reverse and the yeah. other's going constantly when it's not memento <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah i think moffat at first said opposite directions and then it was like oh yeah, no he's like, can't maybe it'll be that more fun no, if it does because if you <laughs> Because if you think the next, the beginning of the next season, when they first meet in the diner, the doctor that's there with River and Amy and, you know, they, that one has already been a couple hundred years older and he's had all these other adventures with River, you know, like Jim the Fish okay. or, you know, when they went to Asgard and, you know, I, things yeah. like that. So that actually happened with that doctor. But then the doctor who actually shows up after he, they think he's dead is, you know, the younger one who we just saw is time. that we saw in this season. So head. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I mean, there's a there's a, also a, a, a convenient out, too, because the universe gets rebooted at the end, you know, based on particularly Amy's memories, anything's up for grabs. Like you can explain anything away, right? Because it's like, oh, well, that's just how Amy remembered. Right. But I will say, since we're talking about, you know, I can't stop talking about River. She has one of her... You have more time next week. I know, week, right? Mike. This is a perfect segue to next week's episode <laughs> or next time. Um, but uh, she has one of the best scenes that she has in the whole franchise here where she confronts the Dalek, 
Yeah. Oh, mercy. Oh, that, that yeah. was just I, so I mean, if awesome. There's, if there's a scene that that's, awesome. you want to see badass River Song, that's the scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. She is not the doctor. She is not the companions. You can beg for mercy all you want, but you're not going to get it from River Song. Yeah, that was a really good way for Moffat to show what kind of person River is. But that. then that confuses me timeline-wise because... Wasn't it Clara that taught the Daleks mercy or at least Capaldi's doctor going back to Scarrow that taught the word mercy to the Daleks? So I'm confused with that if they are <laughs> in this episode. I think Moffat screwed up on that. I think he did probably. Not the first. No, because, but that's the first time yeah. you really see how dangerous River is. You know, if she has a Dalek quaking in fear right. of her you know it it was just it was just awesome so i you know i think it's all pretty pretty cool so so the beginning yeah. premise of the pandorica is that the pandorica is going to um house the most feared thing in the galaxy the most dangerous man a woman person being in the universe a weapon right and we find out that that's the doctor right so how what are your thoughts on the doctor being labeled as the most feared being um or the most dangerous being in the universe well it all depends on your perspective i mean that that's the thing it's i mean to to those to his enemies i mean i'm sure he is the most feared thing in the universe but also you know he doesn't he's an agent of change which means that sometimes people die. <laughs> you know, he's not he's not like he's not a benevolent god. He's he's a trickster really, an agent of, of he's the chaos element. He's the one who comes in and forces the change to happen. Well, that's pretty scary. That's what they were referring to in, you know, when they were describing what was inside the Pandorica was a trickster, you know, and it was, and I loved River's line when they were exploring it and they were going, she was saying, you know, basically anytime there's a wizard or, you know, in, in these stories, it's always him, you know, (laughs) and and it's, it's just, it was just awesome because that touches on going back to Sylvester McCoy's era, you know, when they revealed that basically the doctor was Merlin even. And so, you know, the doctors all throughout history, which is awesome. And that just shows how much stories there are with all the different doctors that we don't get to see, which is pretty awesome too. And this is the first time where I felt really like the doctor was a true force of nature. And, you know, that type of thing. It was more that, you know, you know, Later on, you know, when, you know, Madame Kavarkia and everything and the silence were coming after him, he was, you know, they set up a whole army to stop the doctor. But this was the first time where it felt like the doctor was a force of nature. You know, the oncoming storm. Exactly. That's a good point. As as powerful and as uh, like godlike as David Tennant's doctor was. Uh, I'm particularly thinking of Runaway Bride, where he, you know, is like God of vengeance on that in that at the end of that one. And it's scary. Um, 
and he would he would have that dark side you know if you want to go to a higher power there is none it ends it stops with me is what he said you know um but as 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 badass as he is like yeah you get a sense from from the 11th doctor from matt smith's doctor he's yeah he's more like part of the universe like the, like you said a storm like you feel like it's just it's he's just there like he's a, he's a fixed being within entity within the universe rather than like anybody who's controlling it or an individual in it you know what i mean because before this you always had the doctor just going from adventure to adventure and you know the only you know people that really feared him were the daleks and you know that he was enemy number one but any any time this was the but otherwise he just went to planet to planet to planet to era to era throughout the whole series you didn't feel like the doctor was this god and this is in this episode you when he was standing in in stonehenge that's what you felt like you felt like he was an unstoppable force and that scares the each and every one of you well yes but basically he's also bluffing and he's like he's the ultimate bluffer right like he's like do not play poker with this man <laughs> like because he will win and he will figure out a way to, he won't he will cheat for sure he's not going to play by the rules but he'll beat you every time um because he's the smartest one in the room he knows he needs a half hour uh to to get things done so he needs to buy half an hour and he knows you know this big pompous speech is gonna is gonna give that to him i I don't think he honestly believes it's not like he can back that up he knows he can't back it up but he also knows you know uh, he's 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 banking solely on his reputation there which is what makes it brilliant. It's 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 what I call the the best bluff speech that's ever been written. I mean, he's just completely bluffing, and yet, uh, you know, he it's it's right up there to, with me with Kirk's bluff speech in, in Wrath of Khan, where he's like, you know, trying to convince Khan to, that he's stuck down there on the planet. Um, uh, that famous Khan, you know, moment, and that's this is the Doctor's like kind of Khan moment, and the speech is so well written um, that you know. I mean, it, it becomes famous because other actors who played the doctor are constantly asked to, to speak this speech to get their take on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you even have past doctors and, you know, it was, it's just awesome. It is really awesome to hear it. I've even heard, uh, what was it? Rob Paulson do it in Pinky's voice. <laughs> and, and, it, it, and it is just awesome. Yeah, we would talk about big doctor moments, you know, whether when actors have their doctor moments. And Matt obviously had some before this speech, but this is one of those doctor moments that's just like it's it's a big doctor moment for the whole franchise. And it's I mean, it's just as effective today as like I've seen this episode a bazillion times. (laughs) I mean, it's a lot been and I watched it just as rapidly this this time around as i did the first time and that that moment with matt is still just as amazing every mm. time it draws me in it's awesome it was really awesome and then the reaction when he showed up at the you know at the wedding it was just it was just awesome mm-hmm. and well i'm amy's imaginary friend here i am <laughs> there i am and everyone you know 
and the mom was like, you know, oh, Amy, please stop, stop, you know, not here at your wedding. You know, it's like all those years of psychotherapy going right out the window. The idea that Stephen put uh, into play and referenced the TARDIS as being like the ultimate wedding present because it's old and new, borrowed and blue uh, is brilliant. Like it's like, yeah, when because he's when he's talking to Amelia and he's talking about the TARDIS, you're like, that's cool that he's kind of, you know, harping on the TARDIS. Maybe he's lamenting the fact that the TARDIS is gone, but you don't know what it means until after that. Like he's planting these seeds and that's the because she's getting married and he knows all this. That's why I love it when she opens the door and he's like, how unexpected. I did not expect. I just happen to be wearing this tux. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to save me. I didn't know you were going to pull me out of ex- out of my like trapped existence on another plane. My non-existence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was counting on her to do that, and he put himself in a tux to do so. Hmm. It it was great to see, and I loved all that. And it God is dancing, and you know the whole. <laughs> dancing it's like, it's like oh that's the doctor dances all over again so so yeah it it was fun and it it was pretty awesome the one thing that turned me off is that amy kept on wanting to make out with the doctor again. oh that was that drives me nuts when Stephen moffat does stuff like that it is not because I thought no, we were, no, I thought we were past that don't. stuff. I thought they were yes, way past. Yes, we should that. have been past. Yeah, that the stuff. the and you know. the 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 snog in the bushes line at the end does it does is is flat. That lands flat with me. It, yes, it, yeah, it, very. It, Amy does. Amy shouldn't be flirting uh, that much anymore. Like their their relationship has transcended that. I think, and maybe she's just doing it to jest. And I get that she doesn't. You know, obviously she's not really going to cheat on Rory at this point, but it just, it falls flat. Oh, it completely falls on its face. And the doc, you know, she was going to come up and smooch him and the doctor put out his hand to like right up to her lips. It's like, no, you're a married woman now. No, no, no kissing and anymore. No kissing. And it, it was just, and then for her right before they were about to leave in the TARDIS, oh, I thought we'd go in the bushes. It's like, what? No. Yeah, and, that, and, that just, I mean, it didn't even fit in there at all. It but was, the, that was a very unfortunate. But the flip side of it was that, you know, you know, so Mr. Pond, he says, no, no, it's not Mr. Pond. That's not the way it works. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Hmm. So and that was, that was awesome. That was Rory just. At you know, at that point, it's like, oh, we got the old Rory back, no backbone. <laughs> Amy, you know, yes, honey, anything you say, dear. So it was, it was interesting. We've been talking quite some time with about this, and we probably could keep on going if we really wanted to. You know, it, like how they felt. It felt like when they had all the aliens coming in to c- capture the Doctor. To put them in the Pandorica, it felt like okay. What costumes do we have sitting around? You know, let's put these these aliens in and these aliens. You even had the alien from the Absorb a Lot episode in there. Yeah, we could have done without that one. Yeah, so the one that uh, the Doctor and Rose were chasing after in the warehouse. 
It was like, right. what, what is he doing there? Like the Santarans, I could understand. The Cybermen, I could understand. The Slovene? No. Slovene have shit. Slovene. They just, yeah, they just brought back whatever costumes they <laughs> had. <laughs> yes. So. Well, if they yeah. think he's destroyed the universe, then every single creature in the universe would like to lock him up. You know, friend or foe, if they're convinced that he's the issue. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if he's the one who destroys the, the universe, it doesn't matter what your relationship with him was before. He, he has mm-hmm. to be stopped. I think it is a fair point, though, that well, someone pointed out that it is it is all his villains. It's not like, you know, it's not like Jack or Unit or, you know, his his allies show up to stop him and put him in the box. It's it's well, just because they don't they wouldn't believe that he's the one who destroys the universe. Right. Well, not just that, but, you know. A, I don't, it was just at the time, you know, I don't think it could be Unit because they were a thousand years in the past, you know, well, they could, so they, Unit couldn't they could have made it work if they wanted to. Like, well, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just saying, like, you they know. They just team up with a race that has time travel. Yeah, it doesn't, like, you know, Torchwood then. I don't know. It doesn't doesn't matter. Like, but I mean, like, it just, you know, my point is that it's just the villains that show up because they're the ones I think, Mary, you pointed out they're the ones that are like, he's the most feared being in our universe because he's the one who keeps stopping us. We want to put an end to this guy. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, they have the, you know, the conceit that he's the one that is going to blow up the universe. So they have that excuse to do that, um, to get together and do this. Um, But, um, you know, ultimately, I mean, are they right? We don't, I don't know if we ever find that out. Well, no, it backfires on them because the universe is destroyed when, when they put yeah, him in the box. True. That's true. So. But he doesn't really stay in the box, so is it? <laughs> well, but he, bring, he brings the universe back. That's true. I mean, it, including all of them, too, right? Yes, including all of Which them. Which he didn't have to do. Because. <laughs> no, not at all. And, you know. It was interesting because, you know, it kept, as the doctor said, the Pandorica captured the old universe, not the one that reset that was being destroyed and coming in on itself. So it was just, it was just interesting to see. And also you had Amy's memories too. So, you know, where are some of these people coming from then, you know, that she's never met? Yeah. That's a whole well because it was all in the box right. and she was she soaked it all up while she was in the box for two thousand years. True, very very true. So, it's ideas and you know I thought it was I it worked no matter what I think this one worked. Do we have any final thoughts before we go ahead and rate this one? Uh, the only last thought that I had was I thought I've seen you know countless stories where Stonehenge is used and I really think this is my favorite mm-hmm. especially I love the idea of the underhenge yes <laughs> yes I love that they call yeah, it I love that, that he calls it the underhenge <laughs> and I'm like that's that's awesome I would like to see the underhenge again uh, I think that's uh it's pretty I would like to know more about the underhenge but mm-hmm. and I think for me this is the only time when when the new Cybermen were actually scary mm-hmm. The way, yeah. because I really don't like the more robot-looking Cybermen. I like the older ones, but this one was genuinely scary with the techn- tentacles coming out of the neck and trying to assimilate Amy. Because I think this was the last time we saw the Cybermen until that Neil Gaiman story that 
they did. And they then the Cybermen ended up looking like Iron Man, basically, yeah. in that storyline. Yeah. yeah. And so, so yeah, and they redid them again. So, yeah, I the Cybermen were completely scary in this one. It was just like, yeah, you and what body, you know, and then the body shows up. <laughs> And the head crawls over to it. It's just like, oh, oh, no, no. All right, <laughs> let's go ahead and rate this one. One out of five TARDISes, one being the worst, five being the best. Shirley, you're our guest tonight. Would you like to go first? Five, definitely. definitely for, both, five. for both parts? <laughs> for both, uh, yes, for both parts. Uh, yes, for sure. Okay. Mr. Mike. You know, five seems so small of a rating to give it. I don't, I don't, I, you know. It, it's bigger on the inside. It's, it's, it's a five, but only because I, you know, the rules are I can't go any higher than that. But it, it, yeah, it doesn't get much better than this. Nope. Totally understand. Mary. I'm giving it a 10 because each episode is a five. <laughs> oh, good one. Oh, she did it. She did it. That is awesome. I mean, this, these are two of my favorite episodes of all time. I mean, they're just endlessly entertaining. I can watch them over and over again. And I have. And um, I mean, they're so good. You can name a restaurant after them. I just, I love them. <laughs> Thank you. No, that is pretty darn awesome. No, uh, I have to agree with you guys. I'm going to go five. I couldn't really see much fault in these. And any fault that did come about went out the window with the whole episode as a whole. And, and you know, I, I adore this one. These are two of my favorite Matt Smith stories. And, you know... I think Matt's first season was so, you know, was was great overall. There was, like we said, mm-hmm. one or two clunkers, but overall I thought it worked really, really well. We would love to hear from you guys at home. What did you guys think? Feedback at earthstationwho.com. Please let us know what you guys thought. We would love to hear from it. Tell us, you know, are we off base or did we miss anything that, you know, We've been talking about this for quite some time now. Did we miss any little bit of it? Please let us know. We'll, you know, we'll read it on our next episode. Want to thank everyone for being here tonight. Uh, Shirley, thank you so much. It's been too long since you've been on the show with us. I love stopping by and, and chatting with you guys. If it's anytime, just give me a call. <laughs> oh, I definitely will. We'll make it sooner than later. Want to promote the restaurant one more time and what you have coming up? We are the Pandorica Restaurant. We are in New York State, upstate a little bit, just an hour north of New York City. Train comes right to our little city um, out of Grand Central. Uh, We are the Pandorica Restaurant, 165 Main Street Beacon, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as the Pandorica Restaurant and our webpage, thepandoricarestaurant.com. Thank you. That is awesome. It is a great place, folks. Once everything, you know, please help support the small businesses. We just had Small Business Saturday. This is a small business right here, folks. And she is one of the really good ones. You know, please help support this young lady. She deserves it. And let's thank our regulars for being here tonight. Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, sir. We did. And what a good one it was, too. I know, you know, 
Graham wasn't in it, but it's as good as it could be without Graham. Yeah, you know, yeah. for a Grahamless episode, it was decent. It was decent. As always, it's my pleasure. And Mary, thank you so much for tonight. Oh, thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed talking about these two episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, the holidays are here. The, you're another small business. Do you want to help promote your artwork? I would. You can find me at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. Excellent. Excellent, folks. Thank you, everyone. You know, when we were going around the table at Thanksgiving this year, what am I thankful for? Thanking for my ESO family, friends of the show, our listeners, the podcast. We couldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys at home. And we're so glad we get to talk about some of our favorite stuff to be able to talk about. You know, where else, you know, in this day and age, you know, could I sit with my friends and talk into a microphone and talk about some of the best TV shows on and Doctor Who is right there. It's it's pretty awesome, folks. You know, and that's what I'm thankful for, that I get to do this with you guys every two weeks. You know, we're thankful and, you know, we're going to be even more thankful next week when we come to you guys for our next episode. And we are going to be going back to the Diary of River Song. That's right, folks. We are looking for season five where she gets to meet a master or two or three or four. So it should be a lot of fun. And we get to hear that wonderful theme music again, guys. Are you ready? Oh, man. <laughs> so. I can hardly wait. So please join us for that. Until then, on behalf of myself, Mike Gordon, Mary Ogle, Shirley, thank you so much for joining us once again. We will see you guys again in two weeks. Be safe. Enjoy the holiday season. And you know, just be thankful. Have fun. Peace. And be safe. And we're done. Boom. Woohoo! You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.